Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck It Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Six years ago, I was living at home with my parents for this holiday show that I was doing at a local professional theater. And I was trying to eat like a paleolithic cave woman. And I was cheating and binging on bananas and paleo ginger snaps that I made out of almond flour and honey. And then I was lying in bed at night filled with bananas and cashews and almond flour and honey, promising myself that I would actually do what I was supposed to do and only eat lamb and kimchi the next day. Every single night, I was furious with myself because of bananas and cashews and almonds and honey. During this time, I told everyone I was sensitive to gluten and all grains. This is part of the paleo diet. Beans had too much phytic acid. Duh, couldn't eat them. And fruit was like a dangerous treat only for Christmas when you could eat like half a clementine. Chocolate was okay, but only if it was 99% and tasted horrible, like charcoal. This was the last ditch effort after 10 years of extreme dieting, yo-yo dieting, I should add, trying to cure myself. I was trying to heal my hormones and it didn't fucking work because hormones aren't healed by eating like a starving caveman or like a fruitarian. But who knew? Nobody told me that. Doctors told me to keep my weight down. So like a good little girl, 16 years ago, I fucking trusted them and I trusted every other magazine and message board that told me to fear body fat. I was a very good patient. I was determined to be responsible, healthy, beautiful, successful. I mean, yes, I couldn't stick on my diet for more than a couple months. I would binge. I felt like a complete failure. I felt like a food addict. I felt like a, you know, I'm going off. I'm going off script now. Okay. I was fucking insane around food, but I was determined. It wasn't working, but I kept on that diet horse, kept getting on that diet horse again and again, even though it was literally killing me and bucking me off and trying to trample me year after year after year. And 10 years of diets later, I was walking by mirrors, totally body dysmorphic, wondering how I could cure my weak, weak human hunger and finally become healthy. Then, almost six years ago, the fuck it diet, like an angel, descended upon me on my 24th birthday and whispered in my ear, fuck this shit and all of this skinny, beauty-obsessed BS. Also, food and weight and eating aren't bad for you. Go buy some bigger pants and eat some potatoes. So I went on the fuck it diet. I started this site and this movement and I've been teaching it ever since and I lived happily ever after. 
What's funny is I actually had a part in here where I was like, well, not happily ever after because life is hard, but eating is not hard anymore. And I cut it out. I don't know why. Anyway, then I have a picture of Jesus looking really over everything saying, but seriously, calm down. Guys, welcome to the Fuck It Diet Radio. I'm now in a phase of doing cold opens where I just start by reading a post or something. Um, but my name is Caroline Dooner. I am the host of the Fuck It Diet Radio or the F It Diet Radio on iTunes, whatever whatever I have to do to um, keep that podcast up there, this podcast up there. Um, but I, you know, if it isn't clear already, I teach people how to heal their disordered relationship with eating and body. I work mostly with people who consider themselves chronic dieters or food addicts. Um, not a food addict, not an addict filled with food. That would be amazing. But food addicts. So today I'm going to read another post. I'm going to answer some Patreon questions. Patreon.com is where I have this little this little pay what you can insider community where if you want to for as little as $1 a month join us and chat with other people who are going through the fuck a diet, ask me questions for the podcast. Um, you can join over there at patreon.com slash Caroline Dooner. That is my name. And again, I was just afraid that if I made it the fuck a diet that somehow I'd be censored. And it's like getting harder and harder to... <sighs> it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Everyone can deal with it. I'll deal with it. Even though Instagram won't let me do promoted posts because of the curse word. But also over on Patreon, I have two new rewards for some higher tiers of, of higher giving. So $1 a month is all you need to... Um, to give to sign to to become part of the insider community essentially to ask questions for this podcast but five dollars a month gets you access to monthly secret posts that i do not share on the blog things that i think um i don't know i make them secret because they're like things i wouldn't necessarily want the entire world to know so secret posts and for ten dollars a month i am doing monthly approximately 30 minute energy work and rest meditations of sorts it's, it's what i used to do for faculty academy when it was monthly um, except for way more money so this is really just great um and i'm sure i'll add more stuff too but for now as of december 2000 oh my god it's december december 2017 that is what is happening um all right done what like business owners do and I've gotten this uh, social media scheduling app <laughs> and it's already blowing up in my face first of all I'm promoting to places where nobody really I mean I guess on the um the fuck it diet or the F it diet on Facebook my page on there um I mean, there are people who follow that, but the thing with Facebook, guys, is that if you're not paying to promote your posts, very a very small percentage of people who actually follow you will see it. So posting, unless you're promoting, I don't know. And then Twitter is like a joke. I, st I stopped, I stopped posting on my personal 
Facebook. I used to just post jokes there. It was like my favorite thing to do. I love writing, so I would just do that. They had nothing to do with the fuck it diet, but I stopped doing that, I don't know, maybe like nine months ago or something, because I just, I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I, I don't really know why, but I just felt like a lot of like people who, like a lot of like, um, like my parents' cousins who like don't get me. would like comment on them and I was like I can't deal with this this is this is weird so I just sort of I changed Facebook for me to just be a place where when I log in I don't follow anyone except Linda Bacon and my groups on there uh Fucketeer Academy group people who bought that people who bought the intuition intensive and currently the the book beta that I'm running and I used to have the free group that I've now moved to Patreon so um so I also go on Patreon. But the point is, Facebook became the fuck diet. Like, I, I was like, I go on here and I get so distracted with just, like, stupid shit that I just want it to be a place where I, I log in and I see things that I actually need to respond to and actually want to read and actually um, want to respond to. So um, I moved over to Twitter. I started just posting my jokes on Twitter, but nobody follows me on Twitter, which I kind of loved. It was just like, I was just posting, again, really stupid shit into a vacuum. And like one person will like, and the funny thing is I posted the same thing. I posted the same joke on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, it got two likes because nobody follows me on Twitter. And on Instagram, it got 800 likes, which is definitely the highest. This is stupid. I'm talking about stupid social media stuff. It's like this. It's like the. It's just like the necessary evil that comes along with having a business, especially an online business. And of course, then as you grow, you want to be able to hire people or optimize stuff so you don't have to spend all your time like mapping out all that stuff because that is the way that you get in touch with people and obviously also um, emails and podcasts actually. Podcasting is a really great way to share content and talk to people and like get in touch with people but then you have to share it on a platform. You know like it's just it's just like oh it's, it's just a lot essentially. Like it's complicated. There are so many different platforms. So anyway my point is I signed up for this thing called Meet Edgar, which I don't know why it's called that, but you get to um, kind of like upload all of these posts and then choose where it posts over, you know, and it'll just keep posting for you. But I'm using these accounts that nobody really follows me on. So it's like really because it won't post Instagram. That's what I really care about is Instagram. That's where I feel like I um, grow really quickly and have really good engagement and all this stuff. I don't know why I'm talking about this point is it's I've I like was trying to make it fun for me and for anyone who sees the post and I uploaded all these gifts all these like moving funny gifts from like tv shows that I love and Harry Potter <laughs> and then it was posting them all to Facebook but none of the gifts were moving so it was like you know they like their gifts from TV shows so they kind of don't really go but the expression of what the person is doing is what goes with the the you know old blog post that I'm sharing or something so it's like a little quirky if it actually works but if it doesn't work and it's just frozen it's just weird like it just doesn't make any sense and so it's all these like frozen weird pictures of like 
of like Tyrion Lannister and like Michael Scott like eating broccoli it just like really didn't make any sense so I've been spending a lot of time trying to fix that so it's like literally doing the opposite of what I wanted it to do I wanted it to be easy so I could focus on other things anyway that's what's going on in my life guys and beyond that let me read another post okay does that sound good this I posted on November 21st. Actually, I wrote this back in the summer when there was that white nationalist rally, I think in South Carolina or North Carolina. I don't even know. I like tried to block it out because it was so upsetting to me. But I wrote this post and I meant to post it, but I didn't. And I don't know why. So, so the references in it are referencing that, even though it's months and months and months later. But anyway, I wrote... You can't keep politics out of it, meaning out of your relationship with food and body. You cannot keep politics out of it. And I hope I don't offend you, but if I do, I'll explain why. I denounce Trump and everything he stands for. And when I became vocal about this on the Fuck a Diet platform and Instagram last November, when he won... It resonated with lots of people, but it pissed off a lot of people too. And I lost a lot of followers over the course of a couple of weeks when I was posting about political things. These people would message me and email me and they would tell me to keep politics out of it. They just wanted to heal their food issues. Why did I have to alienate them by talking about Trump and taking a side? But you see, you can't keep politics out of it. You must see the connection if you want to heal your food stuff. Your food stuff is not merely about food. It is connected to a big, wide web of societal and cultural beliefs and structures and prejudices and cruelties turning you against yourself. It is about the way you have been taught to see your worth as it stands up against the cultural beauty ideal, which has been thin and white. We were talking about a man who owned Miss USA, who talked about women as if they were meat, bragged about sexual assault with no repercussions, he still became the president, and then said in his defense that the women he was being accused of assaulting were too ugly for him to sexually assault. He insults people for being fat. He actively incites fear of the other. And he has about as much racial sensitivity as Michael Scott from the office with none of the charm or willingness to improve over the seasons. And so we've raised up a man who seems to have no genuine empathy and shows absolutely no remorse. Don't tell me that this has nothing to do with our relationship to bodies and by proxy food. This has everything to do with everything. These are all parts of the cultural piece that keep us hating our bodies and afraid of being ostracized and insulted for what we look like and who we are. Social justice and the way women's bodies and fat bodies are treated intersects with the way race, class, and gender are treated. Body politics and the fuck it diet are both political. They just are. And... This is a side note, but I thought that I could keep politics out of it. I thought that I, I, you know, shouldn't take a side or that I shouldn't, you know, that I should be able to reconcile whatever for followers who 
don't want to listen to this, but I can't. That's lying in a way. It's not the full picture. Social justice and the way women's bodies... Oh, I already said that. Okay. And recently... (laughs) I started on the wrong paragraph. Recently, neo-Nazis and the KKK marched without hoods on the news. And one of them killed and injured peaceful counter-protesters. This is obviously... I wrote this back then, but still. These are hate groups and terrorists chanting racial slurs, oblivious to their deep privilege, mad with rage and hatred against the minority groups that they fear will replace them, or whatever makes a Nazi a Nazi and a KKK member a KKK member, pure evil maybe, or deep displaced understanding of how happiness in the world works. I try to understand and I fail to. And hey, I am not an expert on racism in the USA. I'm not even close. But I see the connection between body politics and race politics and feminism. They overlap, they affect each other, and they are very real. And they hold a great deal of weight as we go forward. No fucking pun intended. I didn't even know what I was talking about. They hold a great deal of weight as we go forward. No fucking pun intended. I never intend puns. I really don't. You can't keep politics out of it. Normalizing your relationship to food is body politics. And the way our president and his buds talk and act matters. And it has everything to do with everything. Wow, Caroline. Sometimes I read posts and I'm like, oh, this is horribly written. What is wrong with me? But I read that and I was like, yeah, yeah, girl. Say it again. Um, all right, so, you know. Let that sink in. If you agree with me, that's great. At least we're on the same page. And if not, I don't know what to say. I'm going to move over to Patreon now. Actually, wait, what was I going to do? Oh, I would like to, just for fun, I would like to read you my top searches for my blog, for my for my site. www.bogfuck.com I have no idea what this means. Fuck it diet as much? M-U-C-G, Intuitive Eating Starvation Experiment, How to Train Yourself to Eat, and the Broda Barnes Diet. I looked that up the other day. Um, And it's something to do with the thyroid. I don't know. I don't know what has to do with me. No idea. Um, I want to see if I can find more because they can be really funny. But also it means that so many people are like searching for porn and they find my site. So it's like maybe not very effective. Come on. Come on, internet. Come on, internet. Why aren't you working? This is so annoying. Sorry, guys. This is, like, really pointless. Okay, I'll go to Patreon, and we'll read some questions. Patreon. Okay. Come on. So, where are you? Where are you? All right, these are the newer questions. Uh, KMH asks, my question relates to binges. Even though I'm not physically restricting my food, I still struggle with binges due to emotional triggers and mental restriction. In the past two weeks, I've switched my focus from preventing binges to easing up on myself after a binge happens. And I would recommend... During a binge, it will make a big difference. 
To my surprise, I've been able to show myself compassion and keep my binges isolated rather than going into a negative downward spiral that keeps me binging for multiple days. It's not easy because my natural inclination is to beat myself up and fast for as long as I can, but putting in the effort to be kind to myself takes so much pressure off. The binge doesn't feel like an end of the world event and I don't have to plan how I'm going to punish or compensate. However, my inner critic wants to tell me that I should be putting more focus on catching myself before a binge and stopping it from happening. Another fear is that if I make binges feel like no big deal, I'll never give up the habit. So my question is, do you think it's effective to work on how you recover from binges rather than only trying to prevent them? Um, trying to prevent binges is a very restrictive mental restriction um, way to go about this. So understanding that, let me go back to what you said. You said, I'm not physically restricting my food, but um, if you did for a while, binging is your body's way of just getting in lots of food to try and heal your metabolism as you go forward, even if you're not physically restricting anymore. Um, you say you're experiencing mental restriction and that's why you think you're binging. So this, this inner critic, so to speak, that is telling you that you should be preventing binges is all just part of the mental restriction, which is also causing the binges, if that makes sense. It's sort of like catch 22. So, um, this is kind of just semantics, but I, you know, with the fuck it diet, I like to say the binges are the, are the kind of rabid, um, biological response to restriction, both physical and mental. It's this fear that either food is going to be taken away. So the body kind of quickly goes into binge mode to prepare for that famine that's upcoming, or it's actually, you're actually underfed and you're trying to, um, recover. So it's, it's, it's preparation and recovery, if that makes sense. If you're, um, if you're not physically restricting, you can still jog a very biological binge because you're afraid that you're going to make yourself go on another diet, which is why mental restriction is so unhelpful for your physical relationship with food. Um, so I would say that that inner critic wanting you to prevent binges is ironically part of the thing that's going to cause binges. It's this fear of amounts, this distrust in your body's ability to use food, this fear of food, fear of weight, fear of calories. A binge is not that big of a deal and you already see how being kind to yourself will help you after. So being kind to yourself and really not making eating a lot of food be that big of a deal, um, it will it will also be the only way. It's a big paradox, right? But that's just the way it is. And that's why it's so hard for people because it's such a big surrender and such a big trust. But it's all about this fear of eating, of calories, of weight, of food, this mistrust, this distrust in our appetites, in our digestion, in our ability to um, to use food and to be okay after a lot of food. And we're just so afraid of it. We're so afraid of what it means to binge that we keep ourselves in the cycle where we binge. So your question is, what did you ask me? What did you ask me? Um... 
question is, do you think it's effective to work on how you recover from binges rather than only trying to prevent them? I think I answered your question. Don't worry. The, a binge. Okay. Oh, but what I also wanted to say is that so emotional eating is also not a big deal and it's not necessarily a binge. A binge is more the physical side and the mental jogging the physical side. Emotional eating is um, the idea that we're eating to numb, which you can do with anything. You can go on your phone to numb. You can um, watch TV to numb. You can you know, do drugs to numb. You can literally anything that you can use um, work you can use work to numb. Anything that can be totally healthy can also be used to numb. So it's not about the thing. It's about being willing to get in your body and feel emotions, which is why I do energy work and why I do um, work on feeling and emotions. And I also, I really, really like to tell people that trying to avoid emotional eating is restriction and will cause binging. So... Basically, that's why allow food, allow food, allow food, allow food. Stop being afraid of calories. Stop being afraid of weight. Stop being afraid of food. Stop being afraid of eating a lot. Stop being afraid of binging. Stop being afraid of emotional eating because it's all making you dysfunctional with food on a very biological level. That is why my uh, my message is so consistent. I have never, ever wavered, ever. <laughs> and I need to say it a million times because people need to hear it a million times but that is why allowing food is so important and feeling is important too but you don't have to feel before you eat that's bullshit and that's restriction that is inherently fearing food so yeah work on feeling work on getting your body work on grounding work on willing to be present and not numb out but that is a lifelong process that you don't have to master before you can eat your potato chips or whatever the less it's a big deal, the more you will easily stop that biological um, fixation and you can focus on feeling your emotions just as like another important human, yeah, like journey. Does that make sense? I hope that was helpful. Um, somebody responded. Emily responded and said, I think you're on the right track. I'm pretty new to this stuff, but as far as I can tell, practicing kindness to yourself in the toughest of times post-binge will help you be kind to yourself regardless of the situation. So true, Emily, so true. Maybe it can also help you to tackle the fear-based thought that binges won't stop if you don't punish yourself. Yeah, that's really good advice. You could practice forgiving yourself for the binge alongside affirmations, 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 like I trust myself. I trust that being kind to myself, no matter what, will improve my binges over time. Really, really good advice. Really, really good advice. Guys, you're all so wise. Okay, I'm moving on to another question. The question is from Chelsea, and she said, Hi, I just found your podcast and I love it. Thanks, Chelsea. I'm not sure if this has been addressed yet, but I have been trying to practice intuitive eating and I have also been vegetarian at the same time. Although I made the decision with good intentions, and not to diet. I've made lots of decisions with good intentions that ended up kicking me in the ass, just as an aside, Chelsea. 
Um, she continues, I'm starting to wonder if this is just another form of restricting. I'm wondering how you feel about this and if I should just open myself up to all foods and truly allow myself to eat without any restrictions. Chelsea, the general answer to this is most people who have any sort of disordered eating who have some sort of vegetarian or vegan restrictions on their eating even if they say and really do want to be doing it for good reasons it's normally um a branch of disordered eating and control control issues fear of humanity and messiness and bodies um, the cycle of life is uh, very, very human, but also, you know, uncomfortable for us. And we're so removed from it. So, and we want to be kind to animals and we want to be good to the earth. Um, I'm a big fan of just casually with love, seeking out the good stuff, seeking out the good cheese and the good dairy, humanely raised stuff, humanely raised meat grass-fed, free-roaming. Um, there's an argument that that's also good for the environment because they're actually eating what they're supposed to and manure is like good for farming, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I really don't like to tell people what to eat. And if people really genuinely want to be vegetarians, there's nothing I can do to stop you or change your mind. But my experience is personally and working with many people who have been through the fuck it diet themselves, that if you are wondering whether your vegetarianism is a form of control issues and restriction, then it probably is. And um, I mean, even focusing on the good stuff, quote unquote, you know, can become its own form of restriction. But, you know, I do believe in at least casually caring about taking care of our planet, if not more than casually. Um, but remembering that anything can become control issues, um, especially when there, there becomes a lot of fear and obsession about it. You know what? I'm actually going to read a little section from my book. What do you think? What do you think? Let me get it. Let me open it up. Where is it? Damn it. Maybe I won't. It's too hard to find. Where's my book? Because I wrote a little, just not, I'm not going to read a lot. But again, my book is in process, doing a program with people that are going through it. People are reading it. My book agent's reading it. I'm on draft two. It's finished. It's going to be tweaked. Hopefully next year you can read it. Okay. Um, where would you be? It's a really long book, so it's going to be really hard. Let me find the butter section. <laughs> what am I doing, guys? It's like all of this science that I like looked up and just kept in my like soul, but not my brain. I had to like re. I had to um, do some some more research and actually like, get it in the book because I could be like, "Butter's good for you. Look it up." And then I was like, "Ah, oh, I guess I'm writing a book, and I should look it up and tell you myself." All right, blah, blah, blah. This is what I wrote. For instance, oh, what did I write? Um, for anyone afraid of fats or especially saturated fats, you're afraid of those fats for the same reason you're afraid of being fat for your health, misinformation and scapegoating. For instance, the war on butter is just another misguided and potentially sinister misdirection. And the correlation with heart disease is again, just plain untrue. 
Heart disease was really rare in America in the early 1900s when people ate lots of butter and saturated fat. Between 1920 and 1960, heart disease rose to become America's number one killer during the same period that butter consumption dropped from 18 pounds per person per year to four pounds. We started eating margarine. You can eat whatever you want. This is the fuck it diet after all, but margarine was created as a diet food, cheaply in a lab, and marketed as a health choice, while butter was villainized and people are still clinging to a fear of saturated fat from this misinformation. Butter contains lots of stuff that protect us from disease. It's the highest source of vitamin A, which is needed for healthy thyroid and adrenals. It contains vitamin E, lecithin, and selenium. It's good for your immunity, arthritis, and your gut, maybe even cancer. It has short and medium. I have all this cited too, but I just can't even can't even go there right now. Um, it has short and medium chain fatty acids. Um, I actually need to edit that. It's short. It, it's short and medium chain fatty acids protect against pathogens. This is my most recent section, actually, so it's funny that I'm reading it. And have strong antifungal effects and anti-tumor effects. I actually am having a really hard time choosing which of the millions of good things to say about butter. But I believe in butter, especially humane, pasture-raised cow, yellow, yellow butter. Again, eat whatever you want, genuinely. Fat is so important for our hormone function and the long villainized animal and dairy fats contain um, butyric acid. I actually don't know how to pronounce that, um, which is unbelievably protective and restorative to our guts. It helps with metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and inflammation. And by this logic, cheese is a health food. You are welcome. You are so, so welcome. And this is the section for you, Chelsea. If you're a vegetarian or vegan, you obviously don't have to eat butter or animal fat just because I say it's healthy. And I was vegetarian and vegan for a time too. The idea of the fuck a diet isn't to force yourself to eat anything because it's healthy. But I do encourage dieters and disordered eaters who are vegetarian and vegan to get really honest with themselves on why they eat the way they do. At the end of the day, that's all we can ask ourselves across the board. Why do we do the things we do? So that's that's the end of what I'm going to be reading to you right now. But um, there's so much of what we do that has, um, you know, that's tied to control issues, to trying to be safe, to trying to feel like we um, can control our environment and our bodies and um it gets disordered really quickly, especially with people who have disordered eating backgrounds. So that's what I'm going to share with you, Chelsea. I hope that that's helpful. Your all your journey has to come from you, but that is my personal experience and opinion um, with vegetarianism. Um, anyway, if I thought that it was the healthiest way to eat, I honestly might, I like genuinely believe that not dieting and eating whatever you want is the healthiest way to eat. <laughs> like in my bones, that's why I do it. The, I like, even though I do believe in letting go of health perfectionism and that was such a big part of my journey, I still do this fuck it diet because I believe it is the healthiest. I'm still on a health journey and I still care about health a lot. So anyway, is there anything else? I think that might be it, actually. I think that might be it. Oh my god. Um, anyway, 
I have mapped out. Okay, this is actually pretty exciting. I have mapped out 24 new posts. I've been going through my old posts, guys. Oh, this is actually kind of interesting. I've been going through my old posts um, to put into this Meet Edgar thing so I could repost stuff with funny GIFs or GIFs or whatever. GIFs. GIFs. It should be GIFs. And people who say GIFs are dumb, even though the person who created, doesn't matter. Pointless. We'll talk about it another time. Um, I've been going through my old blog posts and it is really unbelievable to see how long I studied, I studied, how long I struggled with body image. Like I almost forgot. And so many of my posts for the first year or two were like me... (laughs) like like discovering that body image was an important part of this me being like it's really hard but I think it's important it's fascinating to see how long I struggled with it because I am so much on the other side now that I I barely remembered I mean I remember enough because so all of my clients and people in my groups and programs they're all going through it so I'm it's not like I'm not aware that it's a huge part of this but I nearly forgot my own long long journey like I sort of sometimes I tell myself that as soon as I went on the fuck it diet I was like healed with the body image side and it really took a couple years it was kind of amazing the food got better so quickly and the body image took so much longer so that is interesting to see um and hopefully you know inspiring hopefully helpful to to know but um but basically Anyway, oh, I mapped out new posts. I have so many old posts that I can share, but I have 24 new posts, which means two posts a month. This is the first time I've ever been this organized, ever. Two posts a month for all of 2018, which will correlate with a podcast episode and an email and a little Instagram post. I'm really trying to be like a really good content creator because I've been so erratic and I've been so like kind of in like a like a cave like being like oh I can't deal with anything I just need to write this book but now that I'm sort of on the other side of that I feel like um I have all these these things planned out and plus 12 secret posts for people who want to give five dollars a month on patreon it's gonna be so fun um on top of that so that's 12 on top of that which is one a month. So what am I really trying to say? Basically, if you want to ask questions for this podcast that I that I will answer, you can check out patreon.com slash Caroline Dooner. Um, if you want to just support the podcast to be found by other people, um, you can go over to iTunes, the F It Diet, the letter F It Diet. You can also just search Caroline Dooner podcast or Caroline Dooner in podcast and you'll find the F a diet radio and if you you can rate and review it there which is so awesome and helpful just in general and um and that's really it I guess just you know I don't know who you are there's so many people listen to my podcast that aren't even on my um email list and haven't gotten my free 
emails, my free email series or whatever I call it. So that's at thefuckitdiet.com. You can follow me on Instagram at thefuckitdiet. On Twitter, I'm actually posting fuckitdiet things now on Twitter, not just stupid weird jokes about TV. I mean, I also write things about TV. I really love TV. (sighs) Anyway, more to come. I have yoga teacher training tonight. We're learning about Ayurveda, so I'm going to have to do some filtering, some nutritional BS filtering. I mean, hey, there's something to like different methods of healing, but you know how I feel about diet BS. And also Ayurveda is like against cheese for like some weird, some like fermented something. But then I read an article that was like, well, that's because of like the balancing of the different like fire. It's like fire, you know, it's like it. I don't even really know what I'm talking about. But the point is that just never mind. Just remember what I said earlier about cheese being a health food and just pretend I'm not saying anything right now because I'm just digging myself into a hole that I don't even believe in. But yes, I have to take an Ayurveda class tonight as part of my yoga teacher training. But when I teach yoga, it's going to be all about that yoga nidra, yoga sleep, lying there, breathing, listening to beautiful music, and then eating chocolate. Do you understand? All right, guys. Talk to you next time. Happy December. Bye.